You're listening to The Game Changers, a podcast that highlights the success of female athletes across Northwest Arkansas and beyond. Here's your host, Ethan Westerman of the Hog Sports Network. Everyone, welcome to The Game Changers podcast. Today is Friday, August 25th, and I'm truly excited to get this thing rolling. My name is Ethan Westerman, and I'm the host of this podcast. This is going to be a place where we highlight athletes, coaches, and others involved with all the different women's sports teams at the University of Arkansas. My hope is that this podcast will take you off the surface level and get you a little bit behind the scenes with the people who make up the women's sports teams here at Arkansas. A goal this fall semester is to get a guest from every women's sports team represented. Um, I'm going to work my hardest to make that happen. But today I'm really excited to introduce in a minute our first guest who won't need too much of an introduction. Fall classes began this past week, which marked the start of a new year of sports. Um, I kind of want to break down some of the results and upcoming matchups that they'll be happening uh, here soon. Uh, to start us off, the soccer team, they commenced the whole department's 2023-24 season last Thursday. They had a pretty dominant win over Arkansas State. Um, they won 6-0. It was the first regular season game on the new uh, pitch at Razorback Field, which was installed this summer. And it looks great. Uh, all the grounds crews at Arkansas really do a nice job with those grass surfaces. I know softball had the Division One field of the year in 2022. So really hats off to all those people who are in charge of making sure the grass looks great. Um, they hosted Oregon last night, and they kept kind of that shutout theme rolling. They beat the Ducks 4 nothing. Um, Arkansas scored all of its goals in the first half. Uh, it, that game felt over with pretty early. Um, Colby Hale and the Razorbacks, they started off the year ranked number eight in the United Soccer Coaches Poll, um, and they were picked actually by the SEC's league coaches to win the conference. Uh, They have a big game in two days in South Bend, Indiana. They're playing Notre Dame, which is ranked 12th. Um, Arkansas is number 10 now. I don't really know how they fell down two spots after winning 6-0, probably just a result of some other teams getting some big wins. But anyways, that's a big game Sunday that will begin at 1 p.m., and that's going to air live on ACC Network. Um, Another team that got things going in the past week was volleyball. They opened up with an exhibition match against Missouri State. It was interesting. They actually played that down at Dyer Arena, uh, Alma High School. Uh, From photos I've seen, it looks like there was a pretty good turnout down there in the River Valley. Uh, Arkansas won and got a chance to kind of fine-tune some things ahead of a big regular season opener tonight at Barnhill Arena. They're playing Michigan State. That's set to start at 7 p.m., and that'll be on SEC Network+. Plus. Um, the Razorbacks are ranked 25th to start the year in volleyball, which that's the first time they've been ranked in the AVCA preseason uh, poll this century. They haven't been ranked to start a year since 1999. Um, they were last ranked then, and they've been trending in a positive direction under Jason Watson, who's in his eighth season now as head coach. Um, they were ranked 25th to end last season, so they kind of maintained that that national recognition now heading into a new year. Uh, Their game tonight against Michigan State is set to start at 7 p.m., and that'll stream on SEC Network+. Plus. We're going to go to a break real quick, and after that we'll chat it up with the first guest of the podcast, which is softball coach Courtney Dyfel. Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. 
or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs! Like I said earlier, today's guest does not need too much of an introduction because if you're here listening to this podcast, um, you likely have grown pretty accustomed to her over the past eight years. Um, I'm pleased to be joined by Arkansas head softball coach uh, Courtney Dyfel, who for beginners is the winningest coach in Razorback history. Um, she's originally from California, where she grew up and became a national champion in 2002 as a player under legendary Cal Bears coach Diane Ninemeyer. Um, over the past 20-plus years, Courtney has been shaping the lives of young women in various coaching capacities, and like I said, eight of which have been here as head coach at Arkansas, entering her ninth now. Um, the program has reached new heights under Courtney, including a pair of SEC regular season championships and an SEC tournament title. And as a result of that, there's a really passionate fan base that now follows the team here. This past year, Arkansas had the second highest total attendance and led the nation with a 237% stadium capacity figure. And for those asking, what does that mean? That means that the 1,200 seatback chairs at Bogle Park are not enough, so half the crowd sits in the outfield berm. Over half of the crowd sits in the outfield berm. Uh, it's a really cool environment if you've never been to a home softball game. So, Courtney, it's so good to have you on, and I'll kind of let that segue us into our conversation. Uh, what's it been like to see this thing grow? Well, thanks for having me on. This is a really cool platform, so I'm glad to be a part of it. But um, it's way cooler than really cool. It's the best atmosphere. Um, and I know I'm a little biased, but it's it's just incredible. Um, and I, I don't think anybody's atmosphere matches it. I just don't, but it's been, um, it's been awesome to be a part of that growth and see that growth. And, and, uh, we knew that it was there when we got here. Um, and it was just part of the process of growing it and giving our best fan base in the country, a product that they could connect to and support. And, uh, we knew they'd showed up and we knew they'd show up and, and they have shown up and then some, so, um, it's it's incredible. It's a it's an electric atmosphere, and and we are just so lucky. Yeah, I know. Talking to a lot of the transfers who are coming in, that was like the common theme. They're like, oh my goodness, the crowds there, the the facilities. So, um, kind of just yeah. I mean, we've had we've had teams come in, and after you know after the competition, when it's all said and done, and everything's kind of they're just like that's the coolest atmosphere in college softball. That is hands down the best atmosphere that we've played in. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's just, um, it's really awesome to hear that obviously when you're in it and you feel it and they're supporting you and your team, um, there is nothing like it, but for other teams to come in and say, man, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. That's, that's just so awesome that you guys could build that. And it's like, yeah, we have the best fans in the country. Um, it's pretty cool. So kind of to start us out, um, just with this conversation, you're a mother of two young boys. Uh, I found it fascinating listening to the NFCA Dirt, the Dirt podcast, uh, where you talked a little bit about like how that shapes everything you do as a coach and kind of the team's culture even. Um, so if, if you haven't listened to that episode, it manages to make 45 minutes feel like 15. I found it really enjoyable. Um, Thanks. And you know, Courtney, this place, this place, Fayetteville, it's where you became a mother. Um, I'm just curious, the program's had all this progression since you've been here, but I'm sure you've kind of progressed as a person as well, personally with becoming a mother here. Will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I was hired here. Um, we came here, my husband and I came here um, when we were eight months pregnant with Trip, our first. Um, so I was hired at six and a half, seven months. And uh, we got here and I just remember having our first team meeting and saying, okay, well, I'm going to have a baby in two weeks. Um, and it was just a lot 
to tackle. Um, I give our administration, Jeff Long hired me. Um, I don't know a lot that would hire a seven month old, you know, or a seven, uh, seven month pregnant woman, you know, to come in and, and kind of change their program and take that on. And, um, but it's, it's been a, it's been an awesome journey. Um, you know, I think they saw something in me and I saw something in this place and it's been a perfect fit, even though I don't necessarily even know I was their first choice. I was probably their 10th, 15th, 20th. I don't know. Um, I don't care. It worked out really well, but you know, there's just been so many things that have shaped me as a coach, um, along the way throughout my career. And then a lot of personal things and, and definitely becoming a mom is, is one of the biggest impacts on my coaching career that that I've had. Um, it changes your perspective. It changes your balance. It changes your um, just ability to meet people where they are and and see them individually and what they need as an individual. When you look at it as a coach and a mom of, um, and, and so it's it's definitely it shaped me as as a coach um, and. I would say there's a lot of things, even going through COVID that changes you, you know, just so I, I, you know, we got here, we had trip two years later, we had a wall, um, you know, a few years later, we went through COVID and, and all of these things shape you as a leader. And, um, and, and mostly it's, it's just seeing the individual and what they, they need uh, and meeting them where they are. Um, so that's the cliff notes version of what becoming a mom and all those things can, can do to your coaching career and uh journey well i know you call all the kids who run around well really just all the little boys who run around vogel they're the vogel boys i think is what i've heard kind of the, the term i know when you were a grad assistant at ou under patty gasso dj i don't know what the version is at ou but dj gasso may have kind of been like their version of a vogel boy running around there living the softball life and now he's on staff with you i'm just curious you know what is that like um it's well, awesome. Uh, so far, we're a couple months in and, you know, I've been really fortunate to be close with the Gasso family for a long time since I was a GA there. And, and, um, you know, she's one of the best moms to do it, you know, of, of that balance and, and, um, and, and juggling both. And so when I was there, I don't want to talk about how old DJ was, <laughs> but uh, I knew DJ and JT really well. And, and even, you know, one of the major things that even opened my eyes to this profession was when Missy Lombardi, who's now the head coach at Oregon, had her son Gianni. Um, and and she stepped away to have him and I filled in. And and so just the way they embraced me and the way I got to see them do both um, had a huge impact on on my career. But now having DJ on staff, it's 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 a. Uh, it's kind of crazy and awesome. And, um, you, you know, the second you meet him, you just feel his energy and his passion for what he does and, um, and his knowledge of the sport. And obviously knowing he has some of the best minds, um, in his tree and in his network. Um, and he brings another Bogle boy with him. So, um, his son Parker is, uh, thrown in that mix and, and, you know, that's just, I, it's at the center of what we do is, is the family piece of it. And, um, it's going to be rare for you to come to the come to Bogle or come to a practice or a team event and not see our families and our boys. Um, and we always say, you know, whenever we invite someone into our program, we invite them to help us raise our kids. 
um, they have a huge hand in raising our kids. Um, you see our boys run into Bogle and they run to the, the players first. <laughs> and, um, and it's just so important for, for that to be at the center of what we do. So um, it's pretty cool to have him here and, and know who he is and what he brings and, and just having that history with him and, and his family. It's, it's awesome. So keeping like that theme of family, you come from a pedigree of diamond sports. Um, I know your father was a coach. Um, a baseball coach, correct? Mm -hmm. And then your yep. sister, Amanda, was a phenomenal pitcher for Fresno State. I'm sure you've heard that I got the chance to talk with her recently, and that was just a really good conversation. I can't to write, can't wait to write a little bit on that. Um, you know, how would you sum up your upbringing uh, growing up a Scott? Well, it was, you know, sports was everything that we did. We did them from a young age. Um, my dad retired as the winningest um, coach in California Juco baseball history. Um, so he's um, done it for a very long time and he's done it really well. And so getting to see how he's done it and all the many things that he did right along the way, you get to learn so much. And then watching my sister compete and then um, just coach for a really long time and and just having those people to pull from. I mean, my mom never professionally coached because she's probably the best coach in the family. Um, and she's a, a regular at Bogle for our games. Um, but we just have some really great minds in the game and it's just what we've done and what we've known for forever. Um, my parents had us involved in, in every sport and coached us along the way. And you just learn so many lessons that it just becomes ingrained in you of, of of sport and competition and the lessons and the time management and the goal setting and all the things that come with um, all the benefits of playing sports. And so um, for us, it was just, um, it was our passion. It was our hobby. It was our, you know, our, our love. It was um, where we met some of our best friends. And so staying in that profession and, and getting to look at the people closest to you as your biggest role models, um, it just, it just fit. Talking to Amanda, one thing that she mentioned was um, her senior year of the NCAA tournament. I'm sure you know where I'm headed with this. She said yep. that it was your freshman year at Cal, her senior year at Fresno State, and Cal ended up ending her career. I'm sure that was an agonizing game for your parents having to sit through that. But I'm wondering, what was that like for you? It was tough. I mean, she's my biggest role model, my best friend and my biggest role model. Um, and... I think it was obvious. It was harder for me to see her career end um, than even for her. And um, I mean, she's one of the most decorated players to not only play. Uh, I mean, at Fresno State, but in NCAA softball. I mean, she's four-time first-team All-American um, in our town and Fresno. Um, softball was was it. Athletics was it. She's on the side of buses. She was like it, her college experience was. Um, not like anything like mine <laughs> in that regard when you look at Fresno State versus Cal. Um, but I was her biggest fan. She was my role model. She's my best friend. And so seeing um, her career end and knowing just the impact that she had on the game and the university and and me, um, it was a really heart, you know, heart-wrenching moment because you want to be happy for yourself and your team and you're also heartbroken for her and and that. And so I think I maybe cried harder than she did. Um, I think she was comforting me. I'm not really sure, but um, you know, all in all, it was she had a tremendous career. Um, 
we were very lucky to our family went to the World Series seven years in a row with her with her college run and mine and um, and so it was uh, unfortunate that it overlapped but it's part of the story and and um, and also you wouldn't change it at all. So she was a pitcher. You were a mm-hmm. catcher. She she said you were also a really good shortstop. But um, I know this past year you kind of had a similar thing with your team. You had Lauren and Hannah Kamenzen being sisters who made up the battery. And now it makes sense, like, thinking about it, why you had such good insight on what that relationship is like. Um, for those who maybe didn't hear this year, what is it that makes, you know, maybe that sister connection of a battery, like, so different from any other one you're going to have? Well, there their relationships even more unique because they're twins. And so a twins connection, um, gosh, just takes sister connection to a whole nother level. Um, and you know, it's interesting because when people ask about them, I, I can't, the best thing I can say is I just wish our entire team had the relationship that those two have, um, their ability to push each other, support each other, um, have open, honest conversations, knowing that, they love each other. I mean, it's, it's what you strive for as, as a team dynamic. Um, they understand each other better than, than anybody. Um, they know what each other needs. They, they also know how to push each other's buttons more than anyone. Um, but they get the best out of each other. And I, and, and that's what you want your whole team to do more than, more than anything. But I remember, um, our series at Mississippi state and, and Ha was pitching and, kind of worked to our benefit because she had, um, we had given up a home run, but it got called back, um, because a runner was called for leaving early. And, and so you kind of get to learn the lesson without the two run, you know, hit that you take on that pitch. And, and so they're coming off the field and we always meet as a battery after, and sometimes it's just saying good job. And sometimes it's saying, Hey, you know, where was that pitch? What could we have done better? Um, did you execute the pitch and they hit it? Did we not? And we can still go to that, you know, all those things. And, and I just remember observing their interaction and low is, is getting on Ha of like, you can't, you can't put your pitch there, you know? And, and Ha comes back with, well, he wasn't giving me the corner. I felt like I needed to bring it on the plate. She's like, yeah, but not that much. And, you know, and so it's just one of those, I just like sat back and observed and I'm like, this is amazing, <laughs> you know, and, and then they just kind of worked through it and, and, and they just continue to work together. But that's the kind of conversations you wish your whole team had, you know, of just like, Hey, I know you can hit a better spot than that. You can't put it there when he's not giving you that, you know, of, of those things. And so their communication, their support, their um, pushing each other. It's, it's the best. It, it's the best. For those who don't know, Ha, Hannah, Lo, Lauren, they are um, they were freshman twins this past year. They're now sophomores. Um, and Ha, Hannah, she had a really phenomenal game in a series that they beat Tennessee, who ended up in the Women's College World Series this year. Um, and that was a really big series this past year for the team. It just seemed like that was kind of um, just everybody at their best. And I want to highlight a little bit about that series. I know that you've been – a, a big advocate for just putting softball on TV that whenever you give people a chance to watch it, that they will. Um, and that, that weekend, that series, there was one of those games. Um, I believe it was the Sunday game that they won um, that had more viewership than any college baseball game that weekend. And I know that's not a knock on college baseball. There's a really passionate fan base there that then um, the viewership is strong there too. I just bring that up to emphasize that um, people have latched on to softball and it's, 
getting more eyeballs than it ever has before. So I'm just wondering, what's it been like being an advocate kind of for putting it on TV and seeing the result of it starting to happen? Well, it's amazing. Um, and how much the sport's grown since I got to Arkansas compared to when I played myself. Um, it, it's just continues to grow. And it's, it's interesting because the mastermind at ESPN behind um, softball is Mega Ronowitz, and she is genius. And she's one of the biggest, maybe the biggest advocate for softball and the, and, um, the exposure and the platform. Um, but she has a saying that um, there's people that love softball and people that just don't know it yet. And um, I, I feel like that is just so incredibly accurate because I, I think we've seen the sport grow um, because it is getting more exposure. And I think that you see the sport and it grabs you because it's fast, it's dynamic, it's incredibly athletic. Um, these players have personalities that just you attach to and you connect with. And, and so we knew we had a product that if we were smart with how we got it out there, um, we knew it would continue to grow. And we still think our best years are ahead of us, even though we're at an all-time high of viewership. Um, and so we're, we're at an all-time high of how many games are on and then how many people are watching. And, and our sport just continues to grow. And so it's, it's committing to um, you know just having confidence that we have the best sport. I, we just have a sport that when you give it a chance, you connect with it. Um, and, and so just making those decisions that, that continue to push our sport forward and um, continue to gain support and, and opening doors for our athletes. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a fight that's fun to fight. Um, it's awesome to be a part of the SEC where they do so much for our sport and for our athletes. And um, it's pretty cool. It's cool to see what what these players have and and the attention they get and the resources and the platform and the exposure. And um, I just see it continuing to grow because it's so incredible. So you said there's uh, the saying is there's people who love softball and people who just don't know it yet. This time two years ago, I would have fallen in that latter crowd. <laughs> I uh, I had never covered or watched a softball game to be honest, and uh, I. I've only been doing this a couple years now and it's definitely real me and it's just super entertaining to watch. There's so many little things that like, I just kind of thought, Oh, it's just baseball small. There's so many different things that it's not the same sport. And it's been really cool just getting to learn the sport and see why people are so drawn in. Um, but like I said, I've only been doing this a little bit, but I can't imagine that there's been a season before where the softball team has been talked about is late into the summer um, at least Arkansas softball, as it was this year. I was gearing up for fall football camp, and I was still answering softball questions. And I was like, this ended a few months ago. Uh, will you fill people in a little bit about what all's happened since your team last played a game and what's made people talk so much about Arkansas softball? Well, we had a huge summer. Um, I, I do think that our fan base has connected to our team. I think they've connected to – um, the product we put out there, who we are, how we play, um, we play an exciting style. I think that when you come, you want to, we want to win them over when they come. Um, and so we want to win them over by our personality and, and how we approach it. And so I think our fan base has connected to that 
um, earlier each year uh, and, and just been really loyal and consistent. And so when we have a summer like we have, we like we had, um, our fan base is excited. And uh, with, that's what we knew we could um, grow with this fan base. And I just love that they've um, embraced us. But um, we added four transfers this summer and and two staff members. And so it was a a really huge summer for for Arkansas softball. Um, we we got some huge transfers, and so I know that was a lot of the um, talk through the summer is adding Briellis from Auburn, adding Morgan Linestock from Southern Miss, adding Reese Berline from Mississippi State, and adding Nia Carter from the University of Iowa. Um, we added two you know, proven pitchers with, with just big tools. We added Brie Ellis, who was the SEC freshman of the year at Auburn, um, coming in as a junior. And we added Nia Carter from Iowa, who led the Big Ten in hits by 30, by 30 hits. The next closest hitter had 30 less hits than her. Um, and, and so just adding that talent and um, and then you add DJ Gasso, you get to bring home um, Daniel Gibson Horton. It just was a really, really exciting summer. And, um, and so there was a lot to talk about. And I'm glad that our fan base um, has embraced us and is just as excited as, as we are. Um, we just can't wait to get to work. And in case you missed it, some of the latest news too is Rylan Hedgecock. We all thought she was going to be gone, but she Oh my gosh, some... how did I not say that? Ryland Hedgecock <laughs> coming back. Um, obviously, um, she was going to finish last year and we were able to work on that a little bit this summer and decided that she was going to kind of change, reverse, come back, use her last year of eligibility that she got from COVID. And um, it's just so huge. She's such a, I mean, having a first team All-American year last year and just beyond that, who she is to this program and the person that we get to come back as a leader. It's just, it's just awesome. So it was, it was a huge summer. I have a couple questions to just wrap us up. Um, okay. It is football season. I know that you and Sam Pittman have a unique relationship. Whenever it's football game days, you can look over there and he's, you know, they're about to play a game and he's over with you with some softball recruits. Usually just, I, can you talk about that relationship and what makes that work. I don't know if that's seen any other schools. <laughs> I don't think it's seen anywhere else either because I have colleagues that are like, uh, wait, what? Your football coach comes to your games? I'm like, yeah, he knows our players. He talks to him on his game days. Um, and he offered that. Um, but he is he's the best. He's just the best. I'm I'm really lucky I get to call him a buddy, but um he's someone that like he's just genuine, he's authentic. Um, he's, he says what he means. He means what he says. Um, he loves softball. Um, he's been a softball fan for a long time, but he's probably our, one of our biggest fans here. I can't say our biggest because I think Cole might be our biggest fan. Um, and I'm not going to take that, that title from him, but, um, he's just, he's an advocate for women's sports. He's an advocate for softball. He's been, um, a mentor to me. He's been a friend to me, but um, he's incredible. Just the other day, um, DJ and Dan, our director of ops, and I went over to football and we're just kind of looking around and trying to find places to do stuff recruiting. And and uh, his staff member was like, does coach know you're here? And I was like, oh no, we're just looking around. Like, we'll get out of here. And it's like, no, if he finds out you're here and you didn't say hi, he's going to be mad. And so we're like, okay, fine. We'll go say hi real quick. He's busy. You know, they're like two weeks out. Well, we went back and happened to be his lunch and back in his lounge and and 
the three of us sat with him and Brian and Charlie for 45 minutes or so, just talking about softball and talking about the team. And, um, it's just, it's not normal. Um, I, we're really fortunate. He's just, he's the best. He's everything that you see. He's, he's the best. So we're really lucky. Last question to just kind of wrap up our conversation. I think people would find this interesting. Uh, whenever Courtney Diefel is not coaching, not at the field, um, and you're not, you know, just doing your normal mother and uh, wife type of things, are there any particular like hobbies or things that you're like really into? I don't know, TV shows or like, just what are kind of the things that you enjoy? Um, everything probably is just around family. So when it's, when we have a break, we go to the lake. Um, we love to go to the lake. It just kind of, we have a little spot about an hour away from our house. And it's just like a little place where we can take a breath and, and just spend time together. And so I think when, whenever it's not at Vogel or just like running around, getting the kids to all their activities. And my husband helps with football at his school. And so whenever it's not any of that, it's just time. I just like to sit and have time with family, whether it's at the lake, at the pool, playing board games. We play a lot of board games in our house. Uh, we play catch a lot. So uh, those are the things. Um, every once in a while, it's a TV show, huh? Favorite board game? Um, our favorite, we have a lot. We go in waves. So we like, sorry, sorry is my favorite. Um, we have this board game. It's like a uh, family feud that you can play at home, which is just kind of fun to see what the boys are going to answer with some wacky questions. Um, but there's not many board games we don't like. We like, um, you know, like we like all kinds of stuff, travel, all of it. Um, but that's, that's probably it. It's just the family time. It's just the time spent, um, when you have it, it's just, that's my favorite. Awesome. Well, Courtney, I really appreciate it. This has been great. And thanks for being my first ever guest on this new podcast. I'm really excited to get this thing off the ground and flying. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Well, that was a great conversation with coach Courtney Diefel. Uh, I want to thank her again for just taking the time to chat today. I know she has a pretty busy schedule, so really appreciate her taking a little bit of time out of her day. I hope you listeners found that as interesting as it was to me. Um, but each week before we close the show, I want to highlight a game changer of the week. This will be given to somebody who's either doing something in their competition of play in the classroom or in uh, you know the community. Just something really cool that's kind of making them a game changer. We'll keep things with softball for the first game changer of the week. We'll go with Hannah Gamble, who is the star third baseman for the Razorbacks. Uh, she recently competed in Japan for the U.S. national team. She played the Japan All-Stars over there. I got a chance to chat with her for a story. If you haven't had a chance to read that, uh, here's a shameless plug. It's over on wholehogsports.com. Um, it was truly a treat getting to chat with her. She's so proud to be from the little town of McRae, Arkansas, which is right outside BB. And she's hoping that her getting that opportunity to play for the U.S. national team can show girls that it really doesn't matter how small of a place you come from. You can still dream big and achieve really big things. Uh, I know she's made a big impact in this community of Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas as a whole. Um, I hope to have her on the podcast at some point before the season rolls around. But that is your first Game Changer of the Week, Hannah Gamble. Well, folks, this has been the first episode of the Game Changers podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and will join me again next week. I'm Ethan Westerman. I appreciate you listening in, and I'll see you at the same time each Friday. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. 
For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.